Welcome to WeAreTechnology.com's User-Friendly 2.0 with host Bill Sickens, Technology Architect. And this is User-Friendly 2.0. Welcome to the show, Jeremy and Gretchen. Welcome. Hello. Hi there. So we got a great show for you this week. Steve's going to be on with his guest, and I'm going to let it go just to that so you can find out who it is in the next segment because that's when he's going to be joining us. We're also going to be talking about some new television shows that are coming out on streaming media. And it's actually kind of cool to have this because we've really gone through a time where there hasn't been a lot of new production at all. Yeah, we've only binge watched all of Mythbusters and all of, um, you know, Forged and Fire. Fire. Yes. (laughs) I'm on my third time through on Star Trek The Next Generation this year. So there you are. You know, it's going to be nice to get some new stuff out there. And talking... You can have their lines memorized. (laughs) Absolutely. I'm kind of getting to that point. Maybe I'll do uh, Deep Space Nine next. But anyway, so, you know, we talk about different things with television and some of the different directions. We're going to have a very different world when we come out of this COVID thing. Yelp Mm -hmm. is saying, as a for example, that about 60% of America's restaurants will go out of business if they haven't already. And we're seeing the same type of thing throughout all of the different industries. And one of them is definitely television. And some of the changes that are being made, a big company that you might not think would have a problem is 20th Century Fox. And it's uh, being redone and they're changing everything around. And one of the things they're doing, and Gretchen, I want your opinion on this, is they are renaming it from 20th Century Fox to 20th Television. Blech. (laughs) (laughs) So at least it's not an acronym. I mean, I have to give it that, right? Letters and numbers, and uh, that doesn't mean anything. That seems so unimaginative. Yeah. So Why are they doing that? They're also renaming another uh, franchise, Fox 21 Television Studios, to Touchstone Television. Um, and uh, that's actually... I'm sorry? That means Touchstone. I've seen that, that name before in television. Yes, yeah. it like- was a name that was uh, used. It ended up with Disney. They stopped using the brand in 2007, and they're now bringing it back. So... You know, from that standpoint, uh, it's again the idea of re kind of doing things. Disney, like everybody else, has had the theme parks closed and all that, so they haven't been able to make the normal income on that. The one good thing for Disney, and the one thing that has kept them up, is the fact that Disney Plus has been so popular. They've done a really nice job with that. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. The news is brought to you by Langer's Entertainment Center in Sherwood, home of the half off, happier. Hour. Half off arcade play and pizza for the family, plus specialty cocktails and beer for mom and dad. What's in the news? Secret Service paid to get Americans' location data without a warrant. This is an interesting topic because there's been a lot of concern lately about the TikTok app and other things and foreign governments being able to get access to American information. And I think it's important to consider what we're doing on our own end. And this specifically deals with the Secret Service. But it's a more broader, more broader, there's the word for today. It's a broader way of looking at what happens to your information on the domestic front. And the idea that this goes into is that of data brokers. And what a data broker is, is a third-party company that buys information from your phone or that type of thing that's captured by apps and different materials like that packages it up, and then resells it to other people. And this is something that's definitely big business, something that goes on here in the United States all of the time. And what happens here is you have an app that shares data, whether you know it or not. And some of the 
Less credible apps will do this just without your knowing if you install them. So that's why you want to be careful on the apps. And what it does is it takes information and shares it with these data brokers. They pay them for it. And this has even been happening on some of the bigger social networking sites and that type of thing, which has caused concerns off and on over the years. And it's kind of quieted it down with everything else in the news lately, but it's still something that's a very real thing and very much out there. So knowing what happens to your data is important and it can be shared for government purposes in the case of the Secret Service here, but a lot of commercial entities and other people will also buy it. So when you install an app and it asks you what permissions to allow for it, it's important to read through that. And if you have a permission in there that you don't want to share, you don't want to install the app. Cities sue Netflix, Hulu, and Disney Plus for franchise fees. Yes. Now, Netflix is obviously not a cable TV provider. I mean, it's just, and neither is Disney Plus. These are over the top streaming platforms. They're not uh, somebody that hooks up to your house and that type of thing. But the problem that this is creating is many cities charge a fee called a franchise tax for right away access to run the cable lines or other networking components on their power poles, down their streets, that type of a thing. And over the top internet TV providers aren't having to pay that. So what they're doing is they're trying to get a law in place that if you're Netflix, you have to pay a franchise fee, even though you're not actually franchising into that market. So this is going to be an interesting legal case. We don't know what the outcome is yet, but it is definitely Mm -hmm. something they want to get their bite at the apple. And they're finding this cord cutters are no longer using traditional TV as much and more of these services that their money is dwindling. So I have a question. Wouldn't that mean that people would be, if they got the, their way, people would be paying twice this fee because wouldn't the um, ISP mm-hmm. be paying this franchise fee? Yeah, your internet or service. Them? And keep in mind, every city is different. So uh-huh. there's no universal implementation of this type of thing. But a lot of cities do charge this tax for the internet lines that connect to your house. But one of the yeah. other things to think about is with 5G and a lot more wireless coming out, all of a sudden, you're going to see a change in that. The next few years, one of the biggest differences I think we're going to see is the way that Internet's received. We talked about the new version of digital television that will have Internet capability a few weeks ago. 5G has been in the news lately, and it's right now being targeted towards users of phones just because that's kind of the low-hanging fruit. But the technology itself is actually quite capable of replacing the wired Internet in your house completely. Mm. So no more cable box. And as a result, no more right-of-way fees. Two-story house 3D printed. Yeah, Jeremy, this is a story you found, and I know that you're our resident 3D printer expert. What do you think of this? Like, kind of amazing, huh? Well, yeah, and this, is, uh, this was run by a, a college in Europe, and this is a, a program that students did for credit. So it, it did take a while, um, but they, they got the land, they assembled their printer, and they 3D printed a house in place over the course of 15 days. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, you know, when you think about what you can do, we were at a convention once where the uh, keynote speaker called this the modern version of a replicator. And in many ways, it really is. And this is an actual house. People can live in it. Um, You know, the inside of the house looks... plumbing and all that other stuff? Yep. Mm -hmm. It even has a wet bar. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) and it's a very modern style design in the house. You know, you look at things, but it is definitely... With needing more houses and tiny homes and stuff, this type of technology is something that could definitely be used. And their 3D printer is kind of funny. In fact, Gretchen, I'm going to have this be something we put on our social media this week, is the biggest 3D printer I think I've ever seen. It's built on scaffolding. Yep. And uh, 
I don't know what size film or filament you would put in that, but it would be huge. <laughs> yeah, it's, I'm pretty sure it has something to do with a mix of concrete, but I yeah. mean, it is pretty intense. I thought that was it was a good story. So, Apple may be ditching the Lightning cable for some iPhones. So, Apple has caused controversy by moving ahead of the general market, and in most cases, they're right on doing it. When they got rid of the floppy drive on the iMacs. There was a big row, and floppy drives are no longer used, of course. They have gotten rid of the CD drives, which is something that's still used a little bit more, but most people don't. Uh, The headphone jack was a big deal a couple of years ago. And now we are looking at getting rid of the lightning cable. So to start with, what it is, is an Apple iPhone uses a proprietary cable to be able to plug it in and charge it. Now, Apple's gotten rid of the lightning cable port on a lot of their Mac computers, so the phone no longer plugs directly into the computer without an adapter. The that other kind of cool. Yeah, and you know, it's just it's moving on with technology, but the other thing that's driving this is Europe is putting together regulation to eliminate waste that all mobile phones must use the same charger, be compatible between each other. So, if you have an old charger, you can use it on your new phone. You don't have to throw everything away. Yeah. And the one problem that's with this idea. is the <laughs> iPhone does not use USB-C, which is now the standard for this type of thing. So that's some of where they're looking to make the changes on this. Now, I think I need to point out that this right now is a rumor, a pretty substantiated one, but they have not actually released the new manufacturing diagrams. Where we're getting this information is from the people that are manufacturing the phones and what equipment they're going to be putting in the next version of iPhone. And it looks like they're putting in USB-C. Long distance robot-assisted heart surgery becomes reality. Yeah, this is another thing about wireless internet and having no lag. And we've talked about lag before, but what lag is is a delay on the internet, the time that it takes for the signal to get from your computer to the server and the response to get back. And one of the problems with wireless is that lag generally is a little more than wired connections. And when you're doing something like 3D robotic surgery, you have to have an instant response or it can't be used. I mean, it's just part of the need of that kind of a protocol. And what's happening now is they're developing technologies to where they don't have the lag with the new versions of wireless like 5G, and they have the ability to actually have a doctor in a remote location from a robotic surgery unit. Now, where this started out for theater, uh, battle theater and that type of a thing where you might have a dangerous environment where you need to perform surgery, The testing on that went very, very well last fall. Where this is being used now with COVID-19 is if you have someone that's infected, you don't have to expose the medical staff, at least not all of it, to the possibility of getting COVID-19. So this is another big use that robotic surgery is starting to come into its its full for. And I think it's another technology that we're going to see that will be able to improve quality of life of a lot of people. Great show for you this week. Stay tuned. If you miss any of it, you can check it out on our podcast at userfriendlyshow.com. Send us your questions and your comments, one user-friendly on Facebook, one user-friendly on Twitter, or by phone at 503-766-6264. We will be back after the break. This is User-Friendly 2.0. Welcome back. Joining us now, Steve Mailer. Okay, guys. Well, today I'm uh, sitting down with a friend that I met about three years ago at uh, CowboyCon 2017. He uh, appeared at the show both as a John Wayne impersonator and even sang songs as Johnny Cash, both of which were 
very convincing. His name is Jeffrey Wayne Sutherland. And uh, well, Jeffrey, welcome to User Friendly. Thank you so much for being with us today. Well, thank you for calling me. I'm very happy to be on your show. Well, it's been a while since you and I have talked. And, and one of the neat things I remember about meeting you at Cowboy Con was uh, your impersonations were great. You have a great energy. But um, something that I always am curious about when folks pick a personality is, is how long have you been doing, like the John Wayne, how long have you been doing John Wayne? About 27 years, a lifelong fan. Okay. And because I've noticed that the, the Jeffrey Wayne, is, is that something that, uh, that was chosen for you? The, the name? Yes, my, my father was uh, a John Wayne fan and okay. uh, named me after John Wayne, which was very flattering. And, and then when my voice changed, I was able to do his voice and uh, do his mannerisms. All right. And, and you've been doing John Wayne professionally. I mean, this is something you do professionally. Yes, I do that professionally. On my, you know, I'm, I'm retired now from my, my jobs. I used to do a lot of other work. And uh, so I've been doing John Wayne as a sideline, and, and uh, it's... Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. People react to me, and I, I really love the way they react. And folks, he, he's actually very convincing. He did a commercial for us back in 2018 to drive in interest for the uh, upcoming Cowboy Cons uh, up in Virginia City. He did a really neat commercial with us. And something else that I learned about you that as a, an old TV and film buff that really interested me was you also did a television show for a very long time called Jeff Star Talk. Tell us about that. Yes. Uh, well, I grew up next to a theater, and, and I always loved the movies. And uh, I really wanted to, I started writing to them, getting autographs, and I said, well, one of these days, I'm going to get a video camera and, and go up and interview them. And uh, so I went over to Comcast Cable, and they gave me permission to uh, do that. But they told them, I told me that I needed six shows in the can. Okay. That's six shows that's already edited. Sure. So I went up there and started collecting these interviews and I'll put them on the air. And, and this September 1st will be 25 years that I've been on television. That's amazing. Now, how many, how many people would you say you've interviewed over those 25 years? Believe it or not, I uh, collected about 4,000. Uh, 4,000. movie and television stars. So who, who, were some of these, uh, who were some of these actors or celebrities that you interviewed? Well, the name a few, uh, Clint Eastwood, Burt Reynolds, James Colburn, wow. Selleck, Val Kilmer, Roy Rogers last, all the singing cowboys, uh, you know, a lot of the veteran actors like Bruce Dern and uh, Warren Oates and all these guys. And a lot of these people are gone now, so wow. it's quite an archive. I mean, this is a serious who's who of Hollywood. Yes, it is. And, uh, and I think I got it at the right time. And the Lord was good to me. And, and I think I was able to get these interviews. And, and uh, like I say, out uh, of the 4,000, maybe uh, over 2,000 has passed on now. Wow. I mean, so, so that's actually a great preservation archive. So how, if someone wanted to see some of this archive, how could they do that? Well, thank you for asking. Uh, if they could look at my webpage, which is uh, jeffreywaynesutherland.com, and I'm also on YouTube. They can check that out as Jeffrey Wayne Sutherland and uh, become a member. And I have about 190 videos on YouTube. They could check it out, and uh, and wow. then if they have interest, they can always contact me through my webpage at jeffreywaynesutherland.com. That is amazing. I mean, because I, I heard um, before we were recording this, I mean, you mentioned you spoke to people like Larry Fine of the Three Stooges, Bud Abbott of Abbott and Costello. I mean, this is vintage Hollywood. Well, how that happened, a lot of people would say, well, how that happened? Well, 
Uh, when I was 17, back in 1972, I went to Hollywood with a reel-to-reel tape recorder. I had no video recorders wow. at that time. Got it, yeah. And I was able to go to Woodland Hills, the motion picture home, and there, Lord okay. behold, was Larry Fine, of the right. Three Stooges yep. fame, mm-hmm. Bud Abbott, of course, of uh, Abbott and Costello, yep. Margaret Hamilton, who played the Wicked Witch of the Wizard of Oz, yes. and Step and Fetch it, recorded these wow. on reel-to-reel tape. That is amazing. Okay, so yeah, um, now you say you mentioned that you've retired, so you're no longer, are you still doing the television show? Well, the television show is still being done through uh, the channel that I work now. Okay. As, uh, and, uh, and so it's uh, Channel 15 out of uh, series, and, uh, and I still do a television show there. Uh, I, I host the Monday Night Movie. And people can okay. see that also on my webpage. Oh, that sounds fun. Okay. Mm-hmm. So n- now, in addition to that, um, I also understand that you've written a book. Well, thank you for asking on that. But yeah, I, I do. Somebody always asked me, Jeff, all the years, you should be doing a book. So in the last year, year and a half now, I've been working on my book. Okay. And it's going to be a fun book about mostly all the, some of the interviews I've done, uh, really some real gems. Absolutely. Uh, they need to pick up the book. And it's not available yet, okay. but hopefully soon Amazon. And uh, I will let everybody know when that book is out. Maybe I could be on your show again. And, uh, it's Absolutely. In it's in the works. Okay. It's now, it, works. is is this is the, the form of this book like, is it like a coffee table hardback book with pictures or is it? It's uh, going to be loaded with pictures. Okay. It's probably going to be softbound book, but it, it's, uh, it'll be available through my webpage. And also, I will make it available on my Facebook page, and and everybody will be able to get a copy because uh, some of the stories are really a gem, and uh, uh, things that you maybe not even know about. Probably, uh, I'm sure that's true. These little little gems over the years, these beautiful archives that I was able to record. So, what is what is the web page again? It is JeffreyWayneSutherland.com is my my web page. And uh, YouTube is Jeffrey Wayne Sutherland. That is my name on the. Um, I use my full name because I'm proud of all three of those names, and, <laughs> and that's on my uh, my <laughs> Facebook page. And Sutherland got to do what a man's got to do. Yeah, that, there you go. There's the Duke. And, and Sutherland <laughs> and Sutherland is S U T H L A N D. S U T H E R L A N D. Um, my apologies, uh, sir. Okay. It's spelled just like Donald and Kiefer Sutherland, even okay. though uh, we're not related, as far as I know. <laughs> <laughs> well, this has been an awful lot of fun catching up with you, sir, and we certainly appreciate you being here on User Friendly, and we will follow up with you in the future, I promise. Well, God bless you, and say hi to Terry Robinson for me. I sure will, sir. All right, Bill, Jeremy, and Gretchen, guys, take it away. Steve, thank you. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. You're listening to User Friendly 2.0. This is the section where we answer your questions. Keep them coming. 503-766-6264. That number is available 24-7. Leave a message with your question and we will call you back, possibly even put you on the air. The other way to send it in is social media, one user friendly on Facebook, one user friendly on Twitter, or through our website at userfriendlyshow.com. What do we have this week? What? 
is an e-ink reader. Well, these have been around for a long time, and the idea generically covers a device that's a lot like a tablet that is usually black and white only, and it's designed to mimic the idea of being able to read a book. So the white page is the same shade of white as the paper would be. The black looks just like the black in a book. There's been a number of devices on this. The Kindle uh, is one of them, and there's some other ones out there. They're still very much made. But one of the cool things that's coming out now is they're looking at updating these products, and there's a new one that is coming out with a flexible screen that folds. So it'll actually be the size of a full piece of paper when you fold it out. And looking at it the way they've done the hinges, the way they've done the screen, you cannot tell that there's a fold when you're actually using the device. That sounds cool. That is really cool. So these are, you know, the other thing that I like about these things is they only use battery power usually. Now, some, it's not 100% like this, but most of them only use battery power when you do things like change the page. So the way that the reader is set up, there's no backlight and you don't need one. So your battery goes forever too. If you're going to go traveling or something like that, they're very good for that type of an environment. Are cheaper Android phones as good as more expensive ones? Yeah, this would depend on who you ask and what the cheaper Android phone is. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We've, uh, um, we've tried out some of these. So just to give a little bit of context here, we've used the Samsung Galaxy phones, which is that would be an example of an expensive Android phone. And mm-hmm. then on the cheaper phone sides, if you want to call it that, we've used a Motorola something or other. And uh, I'm not even sure they were sure what it was. And then now we're using a uh, Pixel, Google Pixel 3a, mm-hmm. which is the little bit cheaper version of the three. So give me your opinion on it. What did you think of comparing these three phones together? Okay. I love the Samsung and I love the Pixel. Really hated the Motorola. Yeah. Yeah. It just didn't have the right... I mean, the features were similar, but there was just something about it that, well, it didn't work right. There, there's it that. weird. Yeah, yeah. It, was, yeah. It, it felt like something that had been just kind of, you know, patched together. Yeah. And, and I had the same thing. It, it wouldn't do stuff right. It didn't work completely all the time. Now, the Pixel 3a seems to work perfectly. One of the biggest differences between expensive and non-expensive are the materials they're made with. So the Pixel 3a, as the Motorola was made with a plastic frame instead of a metal one. You have some differences like that. The screen's a little bit smaller. But as far as actual operational ability, there hasn't been anything on the Pixel that I've needed that I'm saying, no, I wish I had a whatever. Yeah, I love the Pixel. Yeah. For back to school, is a used laptop okay? You want to check out what you're getting. And I would say add to this list refurbished as well. Mm -hmm. One thing about portable electronic equipment is it's very easy for it to have been abused. People do tend to throw them around and that type of a thing. And laptops, tablet computers, all that kind of thing is subject to this. So if you get one, think about the idea of buying a used car. You want to see if you know the history of it, see the condition it's in. If the case looks all messed up, something's cracked, plastic's missing, that type of thing, I would say stay away from it. But we have also run into this with refurbished things from stores like Best Buy and some of the big box retailers. We've gone in and bought reconditioned equipment, and it's worse than something used that you get on eBay. And uh, Jeremy, you ran into this with a laptop a few years ago. Yeah, it just didn't hold. The, the The features weren't there. It just seemed to like it had been abused, but it looked okay. Like, you know, you can't tell from the if the insides have all been torn up and put back together with duct tape and glue. Yeah. So I have a, a couple of questions um, just from this. 
Um, is there a danger of things not being reinstalled, you know, safely with the software? And what is a good inexpensive laptop? Do you have any answers to any of those? Yeah, I sure do. Um, first of all, one of the differences between used and refurbished is refurbished from a credible retailer like a Best Buy generally means that they've gone through and reinstalled the operating system and that type of thing. So you should have a clean environment. Not always, but you should. You can also return it if it doesn't work out, which you can't do with used. Used could have someone else's information on it. And the other big thing now is passwords. Now, as far as a good laptop to use for something like school that you can buy new, the Chromebooks are being used by a lot of school districts because they're inexpensive. HP makes a good inexpensive model. Best Buy has a number of options for these things. and You don't need the most expensive computer on the market to be able to accommodate distance learning. Most of them will work. This is User-Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. This is User-Friendly 2.0. And as we are looking for things to do this fall, and it's going to be a very strange fall, I think, just like we've had a strange summer, there are some new things that are starting to drop and some television shows that are available on streaming services. And we've been trying to watch a few of them, new seasons, that type of thing, that are, are slowly starting to show up. And Jeremy and Gretchen, tell us about what you've seen. Okay, we've got three shows that we'd like to discuss. The first one being Umbrella Academy. Season two. Yeah, and we weren't really expecting to get a season two. I think originally after the first season, we were told that there wasn't going to be a second season, which I thought was really disappointing because I thought it was an interesting and uh, unique storyline. Well, and they left us on a heck of a cliffhanger. Too. Uh, oh, yeah, they did. Uh, and this is This is shown on Netflix, and it's live action, and this is from a... A dark uh, horse comic series mm -hmm. okay. created by um, Gerard Way. Right. I really, really like season two. Jeremy and I binged watched the whole thing. Oh, yeah. It was unavoidable. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes it I, is. <laughs> I mean, you're sitting at the edge of your seat and I'd be like, it's, it's late now. We need to go to bed. And Jeremy's like, really? <laughs> <laughs> Just one more. Just, Just one, one more. more. Just one more. <laughs> So, um, I think I like season two better than season one. So, let's start with this um, for anybody that hasn't seen Umbrella Academy. What is the general premise of the show? Okay, basically, it's a, a team of quote-unquote superheroes, because they're not necessarily super and they're not necessarily heroes. Um, but <laughs> it just, uh, in, basically, the, the original premise was on a specific date, all these ladies suddenly became pregnant. And gave birth, even though that they, they had not been pregnant before and were not in any stage of pregnancy, they became pregnant and gave birth in that same day. Okay. A, um, a billionaire philanthropist came and, and bought a bunch of the babies and turned them into superheroes. Okay. And yeah. unfortunately, they're really strange. They are strange. They're strange. They're quirky. Yeah. They're Actually, quirky. quirky is a really quirky good, good way. Well, so they're also strange. And I also think in a way... They're a little more realistic than what our normal superheroes are. Our superheroes like Superman and Spider-Man, they're idealistic. Right. They're idealistically perfect, at least in my mind. Well, I was going to say, Spider-Man's definitely not perfect. I know he's not perfect, <laughs> and neither is Superman, but, but there, there, is that, there is that perfection. 
these superheroes are kind of like real people. Like, look at Klaus. Oh, Klaus. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Klaus has lots of vices and, and he does, you know, strange things. And then you've got some of the other characters that have emotional problems. Yes. And they're just like, uh, you grabbed a bunch of re- regular people and gave them different skills that make them ex- super, super extraordinary. And um, and then they've got a really weird family situation. Yes, they do. But this, so the season two, they're trapped in 1965? Or well, they, no, they start in sixty one. True, think, so somewhere 60, around there, right around the, the assassination of JFK. Yeah. So okay. the thing is, is you you get you get your your people from now um, thrown back into a previous time period, and it and it's really interesting to see the clothing, the attitudes, the furniture, the settings. Everything yeah. is very different, and, and and there's this wonderful contrast between modern people trying to function in the 1960s. Yes. All right. So, so Umbrella Academy, it's available on Netflix. Season two has mm-hmm. dropped and it sounds like it's worth watching. I might have to watch season one to get up on top of it. But uh, yeah. yeah. So what do oh. we have next? Okay. Our next one is Star Trek Lower Decks. Now okay. I've seen lots of advertisement for it. Mm-hmm. It's an animated series and it's on CBS All Access. And this, um, is, this is one I actually have seen too. They, have just dropped, I think, three episodes at this point. Yeah, there, there were two uh, two available last night. Okay. So the yeah. third one's coming out soon, I think. So um, what did you think of it? I liked the animation, but that's about it. <laughs> it uh, it's uh, a more of a, a real modern cartoon where the characters talk over each other and you can't really understand them. Yeah, and then there's there's um, the one of the lead characters is a Mary Sue. Uh, Mary Sue is a character that just seems to have like ultimate powers, can do anything, knows right. everything, uh, can, you know, so that's kind of like no fun. Yeah. And it's not very Star Trek-ish. No, because you've sense. got the, the three main characters for the series, since it's Lower Decks, are three ensigns. And I like that idea. And the, you've got three ensigns who really want to be in Starfleet, and one, the Mary Sue, could care less. Right. And it just—I don't know. It's—it's it's odd. It's—it's it, it's really you can't grasp a hold of too many of the characters, and you know sometimes, like when you watch Star Trek, oh, I love Geordi, or I love uh, Data, or I like Janeway, you know, and you have people that you latch onto, or that you want to just like you know you get involved in them, and um, I was having a hard time finding a character that I felt like I wanted to latch yeah. onto. Yeah, I. Um, I I, they had it for a moment. They almost had the cyborg guy and the girl. There was mom- they, they did a really good s- story part with them, and then they broke it apart and threw away what they developed. It was really odd. So yeah. what was your feeling? Yeah, I, I feel about the same way. So it's set in the 1990s Star Trek The Next Generation style. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so, and there's some of the new series have come out that are way different in the movies and stuff. So this does go back to that. I like that. But I do agree with you. The storylines seem over the top a little bit. And I got the feeling that they're trying to do stuff that they couldn't do in the live action, but it's animated, so now they can do anything. So they are, kind of thing. That was at least the feeling I got. The stories, don't at least so far, don't have the depth of what you did in Next Generation and some of the other series. It held Mm -hmm. my attention, but I do kind of feel the same way. We'll see where it goes, because again, we're only two episodes in. 
but the character development leaves something to be desired, and so does the storyline. So, yeah, you know, that's... I kind of felt like they were trying to rip off Orville. Kinda. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of that idea where it's trying to be almost funny, but they don't yeah. pull it off. No. no. Okay, and um, our third television show is Wizards, Tales of Arcadia. It's an animated series, and it's shown on Netflix. It's created by, I can never say his first name right. Guillermo del Toro. Thank you. Um, uh, and it is part of the Troll Hunters, like I call it a universe, because there's other stories using... Uh, the same characters. Same characters or in the same style of mm-hmm. characters in the same setting, and they're, they're really quite charming. Um, and it looks like there's going to be a season two. Yes. Or so, at least an, an, the second half of season one. Oh, so okay. Usually yeah. what, what they've done is when they had to get stuff out, they, they developed the first half of the season, dropped oh. that, and then put in the second half of the season later. Okay, so, so this, this cliffhanger or this Season this one, hint. yes. Okay. Mid-season break. Ah, okay. So, yes. So we've got, um, it's Wizards, it's the Tales of Arcadia was the Trollhunters cartoon, where you've got Jim Lake Jr., who is for some reason, picked as the troll hunter to protect the trolls underneath the town. And this is Wizards and Merlin. and It's really kind of fun. It's awesome. Yeah. And it's like the other one is Three Below. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and you even see bits and pieces of some of the other characters that you like from those series. All right. So, so definitely go for it. So we have Umbrella Academy on Netflix, Troll Hunters on Netflix, and Lower Decks on CBS All Access. Check them out. Let us know what you think. This is User Friendly 2.0. We'll be back after the break. Welcome back. Great show this week. You know, we yeah. have a few minutes left here, and I want to touch upon one more question that we didn't get a chance to answer in the Q&A. And uh, that question is, what are some things I can do to get ready for when Comic-Cons return? So at some point in the future, we don't know exactly when that is, but we will be able to go do cosplay again and, and get back to that type of an environment, hopefully sooner than later. I don't see it happening until next year at the earliest. But what are some of the things that we can be doing to prepare for that? great date when it finally occurs uh, well first things first is go through all your costumes that you already have and, and make all the repairs that you've needed to make yeah you know a torn seam here or a bad hem or, or this a, part isn't as comfy as it could be fix it all yeah make make sure your costume is comfortable right and then the second step would be to figure out if you're going to make a new costume because you've got plenty of time you've got another f- uh, four months before december at the very and- least yeah. You can make an amazing costume in four months. I know you can. Oh, yeah. Huh. And you then know, there's also this. Save some money. That too. Yeah. I, I do have to say that's one thing that's happened this year is not doing anything to save some money, um, <laughs> which, you know, is not a bad thing, of course, but I do miss being able to get out and kind of like socialize with people. But uh, it will all come back. You know, one of the other things too, and I think this is important, is character development. I have mm-hmm. found that I've liked it a lot more when I sit down and actually do a backstory to what it is I'm trying to do. Now, some characters, if you're taking a superhero that already has all of that, just knowing the character, I got caught not knowing that uh, Palpatine was a senator a few years ago. Um, I so you know, those things can be a little bit embarrassing. Um, <laughs> so it's important to know what you're doing. Too. Yeah. That was really embarrassing. <laughs> or maybe 
say, um, uh, you know, palm to the forehead. Yeah. Just, fortunately, that one didn't get on stage or anything. It's just I was walking through the, and this was at San Diego. So, you know, if you're going to yeah. screw up, screw up big, right? But um, <laughs> everybody kept going, hello, Senator. Hello, Senator. And I finally went over to you guys at the lunch court and said, why is everybody calling me Senator? And uh, you both looked at me like I was nuts. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the other thing is uh, right now you got to figure out a way because we don't know what's going to happen next year, but find a way to incorporate a mask of some kind. In yeah, your that's an yeah. important point. And we're doing that. It's you you know, figure the masks are going to be around for a while. So you want to yeah. have them in there, you know? Especially yeah. at least the first couple of Comic-Cons. Yes, yeah. yeah, so I'm building some Star Wars rebreather masks from Empire Strikes Back. I'm making those for our Star Wars costumes and our wizard costumes are going to have uh, beards that are actually built. A mask is built into a beard and, you know, I got to come up with some other stuff, but if you have a helmet on, you can throw a mask and a filter on under that easy. Yeah. Yeah. And this is something not that I have an opinion or a preference, but come to the dark side because most dark side characters have respirators already. It's very easy to do that with that kind of a character. Exactly. Yeah, dark Nihilus is masked. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's still a full face coverage. And where I'm going with that is the idea that you can very easily incorporate a mask and be safe. Well, this yep. is User Friendly 2.0. Until next week, keeping you safe on the cutting edge. User Friendly 2.0 is copyright 2020, User Friendly Media Group, Inc. The views and opinions expressed in this show are those of the host and not necessarily User Friendly Media Group, Inc. or this station. Music licensing by BMI. Hosting provided by WeAreTechnology.com. Podcast available at TheAnswerPortland.com or UserFriendlyShow.com.